0: Tanya, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited for you to be on the podcast. And um, this is actually a re-record of the podcast that we did. We had some sound issues um, and I just felt like that was not okay. I wanted people to hear your story and I felt like the sound issues kind of took away from that. So we are here, we are re-recording and I appreciate (coughs) you taking the time to to do that. So, for those of you who have not heard the other podcast, Miss um, Tanya is a wife. She's a pastor's wife. She is a mother. She is a wonderful, wonderful person. And on top of all the wonderful things that she is and that she does, she is also a cancer survivor. So, today, we're going to hear her story. We're going to hear her story and, um, you know, everything that she's gone through and how she's been able to uh, maintain her faith through it. And so, Miss Tanya, if you'll just, you know, I don't want to take away any more of your time. You know, you go ahead and get started and uh, start from the beginning.
1: Sure. I'll, I'll be glad to. Um, it's um, a very, very um, difficult journey, uh, I must say. But with God by my side, it has been... Um, many many blessings in the process Um, when growing up you know my grandmother was in her 50s and she always said oh my 50s are just a wonderful 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 years of my life because your children are grown um, you're enjoying your spouse and as you age you just you know um, you have more time together uh, since your children aren't around and so I was looking forward to turning 50. And when I turned 50, um, I, you know, was um, enjoying life and, and everything. And um, Bart and I had moved here to Barnwell and um, we were um, enjoying um, our child. Our oldest child had gotten married and um, we were enjoying that and having a new son. Um, and so when I started having some difficulties. When we moved here five years ago, um, I I didn't go get my mammogram like I should. And so you're changing doctors and you're changing um, um, everything when you move. And so um, I neglected to get that rescheduled. And so I um, started having some difficulties, started having some pain uh, in my chest. And so I finally, in February of 2021, Um, uh, Sharon Wise had sent me to go get my mammogram and so um, unfortunately they called me back um, for a second mammogram and an ultrasound and from there um, I never thought anything about um, anything major or bad because I grew up I didn't I wasn't one to go to the doctor get sick um, take lots and lots of medication. Um, I just kind of breeze through a cold, or any kind of, you know, um, sinus infection, um, and just take over-the-counter medicine. Or if I have a backache or whatever, I I just work through it because I just wasn't one to take medication. And so, <clears throat> going to the doctor was one of those things I just I despise. Not that I despise doctors. I just don't like going to the doctor. So, <clears throat> I went and got my mammogram, and of course, they called me back for a second mammogram and in an in a ultrasound. And, um, you know, I've been a pretty healthy person. And so, when she called me back and she said, we're, we're going to give you um, a CD of your ultrasound because there's something in there and we're concerned. So, I was alone. I was by myself. Bart wasn't with me. I didn't have a friend with me. So, all the way home. I was thinking in my head, this, this this doesn't sound good. You know, this this doesn't sound good. So by the time I got to Sharon's, of course, she couldn't take the CD. She, I came um, back home. She had called me, and she said, I want you to go see my surgeon. She's been through breast cancer as well, and um, she recommended the uh, doctor that she had been through. And um, so she scheduled the appointment and I went Bart and I uh, packed up because our girls of course are three, three three and a half hours away from us and we wanted to go see them so we took our dogs and packed up and went and I went in by myself and um Dr. Metropole came in and he said he he examined me he looked at the cd and he said I've been in this practice for 36 years and he said i'm 99.9 percent sure this is cancer Mm. and this was the first time i had heard these words and i was like just stunned he's like where's your husband at and i said he's downstairs watching the dogs and i said um he said call him up here call him up here right now i think your puppies will be okay call him up here so I got on the phone. I called him up there, and of course the the nurse navigator went up went uh, and met him out in the hall and and brought him in. And his face was white as a sheet, and his eyes were real big. And and I doctor I told Doctor Metro. I said you tell him. And so he told him. And Bart was just like me, stunned. And so at that point, um, the doctor said, we're we're gonna take care of this. We're gonna We're going to take care of this. So he sent me to an oncologist, um, South Carolina Oncology in Columbia, and I talked to, um, I got to see Dr. Hutchison, and she sent me to get a biopsy. And so we could, they could reassure that this was cancer. And so I went and got the biopsy, um, and um, after I got the biopsy, I, I went back to her office the next week. And of course she confirmed what um, we were hoping wouldn't be, was cancer. And uh, at that point she had uh, diagnosed me with stage two breast cancer. And she said, um, we're gonna um, do some more tests um, to find out where the cancer has come from, what type of cancer you have, um, and um, how to set up your diagnosis or had your treatments, your treatments. And um we were like, okay, well between all the the tests that I had, um I had never in my life been to the doctor <laughs> so much in my life. It was like two or three times a week for weeks and weeks and weeks and um I had MRIs, I had CT scans, I had nuclear bone scans, I had X-rays, I had EKG. I've, I've had everything. And so um at this point, um, I had gone back to see the doctor and realized she had set me up a CT scan. So I had a CT scan that morning. And she said, um, your nuclear bone scan is showing up that you've got um, cancer in your arm. And I, me and Bart looked at each other and she said, this changes your whole diagnosis. and and we're sitting there kind of like okay what do you mean by this changes your whole diagnosis so she said the diagnosis now is considered metastatic uncurable Mm -hmm. and that word stuck out in my mind uncurable this means I have no more life this means I'm not gonna live this means you know so much stuff was going through my head and so when she walked out I had earlier that morning had a CT scan she went to go check the CT CT scan because at that point she hadn't seen the CT scan yet and she was out in the hallway for or out in her office for a while and me and Bart we got together and we prayed we prayed to our Heavenly Father and when she came back in, she said, well, that's not, the CT scan is not showing cancer. It's showing tendonitis. And I said, oh my goodness, because i would had a lot of pain right there. Well, she said, but I am concerned about a spot on your back. And she said, um, we need to get that taking, we need to, to get a bone biopsy just to make sure. And she said, but it does change your diagnosis. So I went from a, in one day, I went from a stage two to a stage four uncurable cancer. Mm. And that just knocked, knocked the winds out of my sails. I mean, it really did. And um, Bart and I were just were, were just devastated. So at that point, we set up the bone, the bone biopsy and I had the bone biopsy and it was the week of Easter two thousand twenty one and my family was coming here for Easter and um just because we you know Bart's a pastor so he couldn't leave the church so they came here and so we um, we had Easter here and before my family got here this the bone Bopsy was on Wednesday, so I have a you know how you have your mind my, my chart. Everything shows up from the doctors, your your lab works, your your x-rays, whatever, um, scans show up on um, my chart. So I was to see the doctor the next week, but by Friday, I had my results. Mm-hmm. And we had went off with my family, um, my mom and my dad, to Augusta yeah, to eat lunch. And we got to lunch, and I opened up the app in my phone and I looked down and it said positive metastatic breast cancer. And so I was alone at that moment, even though I had Bart and my mom and dad with me, I had no idea what to do. I thought, okay, this is happening. This is really, really happening. So we sat down to eat and I ate and I told Bart, I said, um, I got the results back, and I handed him the phone. So he texted one of his pastor friends in the upstate. Um, he asked; he has a, a doctor that goes to his church, and he said, ask him what this means. And we were sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, Bart, just, he just broke out crying. Mm. And he said, it's true, and I thought something had happened. I didn't realize he had done that and I had thought something had happened, and I said, um, um, what, is the is girls okay? Because they were traveling here to see us. I said, are the girls okay? He said, yeah, the girls are fine, but, but you've got metastatic breast cancer, uncurable. And my parents couldn't finish eating, I couldn't finish eating, and so we got in the car, and that was the longest drive, um, about 45 minutes to an hour drive home in complete silence. And everybody in the car is crying. And when we got back to Barnwell, I said, take me to the church. I-, I need to go to the church. And so he dropped me off at the church, and he said, you want to be alone? And I said, yeah, I want to be alone. I want to be alone with God. And when I got to the church... I knelt down on the altar. He locked the doors. I was in there by myself. I laid down on the floor and I said, why me, God, why? And I cried out to God, Lord, give me strength, give me joy, give me peace, help me through this. This is your battle and I give it to you, Lord, to fight this for me. And I, I, I prayed, and I pray I bet I prayed for over an hour and crying out to God. And then Bart came in, and he laid down beside me, and we just cried together. And we left the church, and I said, he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I left it at the altar. I left every bit of the pain, I left every bit of it at the altar, and that's where it's going to stay. It's going to stay in Jesus' hands, and he's going to carry it for me. So when I got back home, my parents were, my poor parents were sitting on the couch and I, I, I pulled them apart and I sat down in between them. I said, We're not going to cry about this anymore. Mm. We're not, we're not, we're not going to cry about this anymore. We are going to find joy and we're going to find peace and we're going to get through this because of our God, our mighty God. And I said, y'all dry a your tears, and, and, and we're going to have a good weekend. So we did. But, you know, Satan Satan likes to just keep pounding and keep pounding. And so um, the hardest thing to do is to talk to your family members about Christ. And my dad, he never, growing up, he just never went to church. He's not a people person. He doesn't like to be around people. He He has a hard time with that. And um, so growing up, my mom took me and my brother to church. And she made sure we heard the Word of God. And I'm very grateful for that. And I had grandparents that were, that were, um, um, took me. And when my mom couldn't, they took me. So, um, I had the opportunity. I always wondered if, you know, my father knew Christ. So during this time that we're all together, my dad's sitting out on the deck by himself, and he's he's sitting there, he's sad, he's, he's crying. And, and I walked up to him, I said, Dad, are you okay? And he said, this should be me going through this, not you. You're young, and I'm old. And I said, no, Dad, this is my journey, and this is my story. I said, but I need to know one thing. Are you saved? And he said, yes, and tears are falling down down his cheek. And I said, no, are you really and truly saved? And he said, yes. I said, well, a- answer me this. Why are you not going to church with mom? He said, I don't feel comfortable. I'm not a people person. And I said, dad, you don't go to church for people. You go to church for God and God alone and I said promise me that you'll start going to church with mom Mm. and um he started he has been going to church for two Mm -hmm. years now not to say that he goes every day but he goes a lot with mom now and for that I'm grateful Mm. um if my cancer story and what I've been through, got my dad to go to church. I'd do it all over again. Um, after that, after my dad, um, I talked to my dad. I come back in, and me and Madison and Mom and Megan went to went shopping, and we um, went to. shoe show to get some shoes and you know constantly satan's constantly telling me during this time you don't need to go shopping you're not even going to be alive Mm. you're you're not going to be alive to wear those shoes you know it was constant stuff like that he just keeps beating at me and i had to constantly be keep praying to god god thank you for this day thank you for the air that i breathe Thank you for giving me time with my family. I just had to constantly keep saying that over and over and got Satan just get out of my head. Well, my girls walked off and put their stuff in the car. Me and mom walked off together and she said, can I ask you what you said to your dad? And I told her and she said, do you remember what you said to me many, 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 many years ago? And I said, yeah, yeah. Mom, I don't even remember yesterday, most less many, many, many years ago. And she just died laughing. She said, well, yep, you're you're in your 50s now. And she said, you told me that it really bothered you that your dad doesn't go to church and it bothered you that he doesn't, you know, um, um, worship Christ and all that kind of stuff. She said, You told me it's going to take something really drastic to wake him up. Well, I'm the drastic. (laughs) And um, I I really think it woke him up, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But she reminded me of what I told her many years ago about my father. And, um, um, but I've realized that, um, I can't do this alone. And I realized it during this whole journey that I've been on with starting chemo and um, losing my hair and having surgery and having having, um, part of your womanhood taken away, it's been a real struggle um, to have to do that. And watching my family go through it has been a real struggle. Um, And I know they're trying to stay strong for me, which has been the hardest part um do I show joy all the time I try to but in the midst of it sometimes when I'm alone I do cry and um it, because I'm only human so um
0: up, which I know there's more to tell but um oh, yeah. up, up to this point um what was your faith like? Like, I know you said you left it at the altar. I know you said that you were trying to find joy. Was there any time where you questioned God and were you ever mad at him for, for this happening and this taking place in your life?
1: I don't know that I really got mad at God, but I did question why. Um, sometimes you think back, um, Growing up, um, you might have done bad things in your life, and until you became saved or whatever, and you're thinking, "Well, is, is am I being punished? Am I being punished because of what I've done, or am I being punished because I didn't do something right um, to God? Did I did I um, fail Him in a certain way, and and I didn't uh, do right by Him, and now He's punishing me?" No. Um, there's times that I did think that, but that's that is a constant reminder that Satan is going to attack every moment of every day and try to make you doubt yourself, make you make you think that God has punished you, make you think that um, that God is going to um, take your life away and not give you um, pure joy in your life, um, and that's not true. I just had to constantly. Re- be in prayer I had to constantly um, read my scripture and, and um, remind myself uh, I know a lady had these made for me the bracelets with um, Psalm 27 1 on it um, and uh, I, I wore this to remind myself too not only other people to be reminded to pray for me but um, people to know that um, that prayer is important and my scripture on here is the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the stronghold of my life of whom shall I be afraid I'm not afraid anymore because of that moment that I gave gave it completely and utterly to God to fight this battle for me um and to continue to fight this battle for me because, uh, not only did I have cancer once I had cancer twice and, um, I'm still going through treatments. I've had, um, three bouts of radiation and, um, this is my third round of chemo. Um, so, uh, to say this journey has been tough, it sure has, but, uh, along the way I have, uh, come in contact with, um, many, many women, um, men that I have encouraged um that are going through cancer themselves. One thing that, that you
0: said was that when you were younger, your mom took you to church and if she couldn't, your grandparents took you to church. You know, mm-hmm. we're seeing a time where just as a whole, people are not coming to church. Um, you know, maybe they're saying that they're mad about something, or maybe they are church hurt, or maybe, you know, whatever. And this is church as a whole. Um, you know, speak to those people in the importance of stepping back into church and why church is so important and not just in your story, but just in general, in general in life, why it's important for people to not just be coming, but bringing their children also.
1: Oh goodness. Um, in this day and age, it's so important to, to be in church and to bring your children to church because, um, it's a foundation um, to grow in Christ, to fellowship with the other Christians, and to um, grow closer to God. Um, if you don't stay grounded in in, in those things, um, you're going to fall away. You're going to fall right into sin, and um, you just got to have that discipline of, of being there in church. Um, knowing that um, you're raising your kids to not only have the best teachers and um, get the Word of God, but you're also getting the Word of God to be able to teach them at home. Um, It's important that they have that all around them, um, and you as well, because this world will eat you up and spit you out. Satan's ready to jump on you and attack at any moment when you're, when you are the weakest and the weakest point of your uh, life is, is staying home and not fellowshiping with other Christians that can encourage you, that can help you with any of your struggles, uh, pray for you and they can um, help guide and lead you. And also um, go into church and build a relationship learning how to build yourself up as a disciple because we're all called to his ministry my husband's not the only one called to be um a pastor um and shepherd the sheep but we're all called to do that and um because we're to reach out beyond the walls of the church um and and um lead others to, to Christ and to know Christ. And that's what we're here to, that's what we're here to do. So I want you to talk about
0: the red devil. I believe that's what it was called and your experience with that and your mindset with that. And was your faith challenged during that time?
1: Um, the red devil is probably the strongest, um, chemo that, uh, I was administered. And this was in, uh, 2021. Um, I, um, this was when I first started my chemo and the red devil is, uh, doxoribicin is what it's called. And they called it the red devil, um, because it comes in a syringe and it's full of um, red uh, medicine. And um, instead of it going um, directly from a drip tube into my port, the nurse had to administer it. Um, she administered it with her, with her wrapped in a towel with gloves on and she would sit sit by me um, on a stool, and she would give it to me. And I had four treatments of this. Um, and I asked her, and I said, uh, "Why, why do you have to administer this to me?" And she said, "Because if it gets on your skin, it will eat your skin off." Mm, and I yeah. was like, "Okay." Yeah. And then I kept calling it a red devil. And there was a, a lady there, and she said listen, listen, she said, don't call it the Red Devil. She said, we're going to call it the blood of Jesus. (laughs) Amen. That's going to reach that ugly Satan stuff in your body, and it's going to kill it. And I said, okay, that's what we're going to look at. But anyway, um, during that time when she told me that, um, I probably um, had... A treatment of it, and then I had a week off, and then I had another treatment of it, and during that time, um, I was wondering, you know, is this really killing this cancer? Is this getting rid of this cancer? Um, Because this is the first uh start of my treatments, so I had chemo first, and I had 16 rounds of chemo, and then I had surgery, and then I had radiation, so this was... Um, um, supposedly killing the cancer. So at the time, um, I was very weak. I was very tired. Um, I had not much of an appetite. I tried to eat um, certain things I could eat, certain things I could not. Um, I remember a friend telling me, don't eat something that you really, really like because after that you may not want it. And she's absolutely, absolutely correct. Um, I went to Chipotle, Bart took me to to Chipotle, um, after my chemo treatment and I have not been back to Chipotle since Mm. it makes me just want to gag. (laughs) Um, but the second week, um, well, actually the third week after I had my second round of, um, Dr. Rubison, um, my, I was at work and, um, my hair was down to here and dark and I had run my fingers through my hair and I could tell my head kind of felt funny, but I started pulling out just honks of my hair, just honks of my hair. And at that point I was like, it's happening. Mm. It's happening. I'm losing my hair. And so by the weekend, um, I think I started treatment in April. So by May, um, after I'd already had two rounds of chemo um my mom shaved my head and that was probably hard as hard on her as it was me, um, for her to shave my head. Um I was always known to have really pretty hair because I had natural curl and um to shave it all off it was really hard and so I started really um feeling self-conscious, you know, uh, feeling like my identity was taken away, that I didn't have anything to, you know, it was gone, and so that was very hard, and so I had to really um, start cutting my hair even shorter because it started getting kind of splotchy, so my, my husband, um, he shaved my head bald.
0: And so when
1: I, when he shaved, when I shaved, when he shaved my head bald, um, he shaved his head bald. Mm-hmm. And so that meant a lot for me, um, for him to do that. And, um, then we started calling each other Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of funny, but, um, and you had to make, I had to make light of, of the situation. I really did because, um, I felt like as a woman I was being stripped of a lot of um who I was Mm -hmm. and so I had to realize that that's not who I am your hair doesn't make you your eyes don't make you your mouth all any kind of special features that you have it it doesn't make you a person what's in your heart makes you a person and um I've, I've come to realize that that um you're you're showing other people Christ and people have faith in Christ that they can't see him so looking at you they shouldn't see you they should see what's in your heart just like um Christ and so that's something that I have come to learn as I have gone through losing my hair um and um having my breast removed Um, and having scars all over my body, um, has really taught me and showed me that that's not what people see. They see, they see what's in my heart. Um,
0: when you found out that you had cancer for a second time, what, what went through your mind? Because you, you know, you, we, I remember on Facebook, you know, you and Bart were in the church and he announced you were cancer free um, after the first rounds. And, it, you know, it was so exciting and everyone was so happy. And then not too long after that, I don't know the exact dates, but we're hearing it's back. So what went through your mind during that time?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, anger. Mm-hmm. um uh, frustration that i'm gonna have to, i knew what was ahead of me. I knew that um I was gonna have to go through all of this again um and it was very frustrating because um I had already planned out mm-hmm. my summer to go spend some time with my grandmother because my grandmother is ninety six years old um and she's you know feeble and I wanted to go spend some time with my grandmother and my parents uh, in the upstate. And so um, it was taken away from me because uh, once I found out I had cancer again, it just um, totally took away um, my normalcy and what I felt like I didn't have for the last year of go or two years from going through the cancer the first time I just felt like um, with me going through it again, it took away what I wanted to get back to some normalcy. And um, my my life has not been normal for two years, uh, over two years now. Um, so I just had to come to the realization that <clears throat> there's a reason why I'm going through this again. There's a reason why I'm going to have to, uh, take radiation again and be away from my, my husband for uh, six weeks <clears throat> straight. Um, I saw him on the weekends, but it, it just, it was terrible. It was, it was, it was more difficult. I think this time around than it was uh, the first time around. Um, and then the having to go, th- I started back on chemo, um, Wednesday of last week and, um, just, Knowing that i'm gonna you know once it gets in my body that it's gonna make me sick it's gonna make me sick um it's gonna um cause some side effects, and we're praying that it doesn't so far I've done pretty good with it i've i've haven't having to take um three pills in the morning and three pills at night um so but as of right now you know um I had my c t scan a couple of weeks ago. There's no more cancer in my body. Oh, it's oh, completely the gone. Um, there's nothing. My all my organs and everything look good. So we're just praying that God's going to continue um, to heal me and continue to keep um, keep me on the right track.
0: So if someone's listening to this and they are in the middle of a cancer battle, what are some tangible things that you can tell them to do so that they stay strong in their faith, stay um, of a good mindset as much as you possibly can, whether that's, you know, certain verses that you've held on to, certain songs, certain books. Um, what, what are, what's some advice that you can give to someone who is struggling with this right now?
1: Oh, um, definitely stay in God's word. I have so many uh, favorite verses. Um, I can't even name them all. Um, but I stay in God's word. I pray daily. Um, I stay close to um, my Christian friends, as uh, church and stuff, who are very encouraging. Um, that's the main thing. Is just uh, surround your people. Surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you um, to stay on the right track. Get involved in church. Get involved with. Um, uh, things to do every day um because I try to stay active i try as long as I'm not sick, I try to stay active in in um um church um, activities just to keep my mind off of it. That's the main thing um, um listening to music, there was a song that somebody had sent me um by Leah Crawford called uh, Truth I'm Standing On. I listened to that song over and over and over again when I was going through treatment and going through um, radiation treatments and um, having a hard day. I would just listen to that because God is the truth that you're standing on no matter what battle you're fighting, no matter if it's cancer, a disease, um, divorce, Uh, if it's a loss of a child or a loved one anything that you're going through that you feel like you cannot get out of it's a dark, dark, dark place um, God is the truth and He is the truth that you're standing on. If you're not standing on solid ground you're going to sink and you're going to sink fast and that's the the worst place to be. So just keeping yourself um, active um, eating right um and um uh, physically fit, which I'm not physically fit by no means, but um I try to I try to keep myself active every day and that's important. So when you first came back to church
0: after you had the red devil um I, I say experience, I guess that's not the best word, but once you went through that treatment, um I remember that, you know, Pastor Bart had told us prior You having that kind of what it was, and I just remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like I just can't even wrap my head around that. Well, my father had passed away, and um, it was a time where it was not expected. I was the one that found him, and I was wrestling with God during that time, and um just a lot of questions, a lot of anger. And um, I remember when you first came back to church, and I believe the song we were singing was the song about, um, you know, this is how I fight my battles. And I remember you holding your hands up and just praising God. And all I was thinking was, i knew granted i knew very little of the details of what you went through i knew really what bart had just explained you know had told us prior to you doing it i remember thinking i'm over here wrestling with god because of the death of my father having all these questions and i'm when i tell you like i was mad at god like i was mad like there was no like i'm mad at god but he's still sovereign like i was just ticked and so I remember seeing you worship. And I I just remember thinking the same arms that you've had surgery on, you're lifting up to heaven, praising God. Like that was such a testimony to me. And that was actually the day where I remember sitting in church, just watching you just say, God, take this from me. Take this anger from me help me understand and if i can't understand help me be okay with not understanding and so even though i'm not one that has gone through breast cancer just watching how you've moved through this and how you know you still do come to church you still do all the things it was such a testimony to me and i'm telling you it when i look back that was a defining moment in my faith watching you worship because i honestly believe if i wouldn't have gone to church that day and seen that i really believe through what i had gone through with my dad that i probably would have walked away from my faith um that was the starting point of me coming back. And I, I want you to know that because I know I haven't, well, I mean, I told you the last time we recorded this on the podcast, but that's so important because your story is not just reaching people going through or who have survived breast cancer. Your story in the way that you have held on to your faith, is impacting people all around you in ways that you probably won't know on this side of heaven. Um, And I just, I feel like that's so important because I do believe that the enemy could have very easily used this as a means for you to say, God, I've been a dedicated pastor's wife. I've raised my children the way you told me to do it. I've done all the things. And then you could have very easily said, I'm blaming you. I'm done. All this faith stuff is for what? For me to end up having cancer? And so you saying, you rejecting that and saying, no, I'm holding on to truth, even if it was just me, kept me from falling away from my faith. And so, if you're speaking right now to someone who is a who is a believer, and their faith is wavering because of their cancer journey, and they're questioning, they're like, God, why why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? I've been I've done everything right, you know. This person over here, they've done wrong things. It should be them. Why me? Can you speak to that person and and give them some encouragement as to why they need to hold on?
1: God has a, God doesn't do stuff to people in a way to punish them by no means. God does things to, um, he has a purpose and a plan for everything and his purpose is usually to reach somebody else. And your journey that you go through is there for somebody. Um, so hold on to what God gives you because in the midst of that storm, um, he's gonna fight that battle for you. And when he fights and wins and he's victorious in it to the very end, It's going to be a a testimony for you to reach somebody else that is in the same place you are. And it's so important because I know that when I was struggling, when I first found out I had cancer, I was trying to reach out to somebody that was going through the same thing that I was going through. And I couldn't find anybody. I couldn't find that person that I could talk to. Oh, yeah, I could talk to Jesus. Yeah, I could talk to Jesus any time of the day, any anywhere, but I needed a physical person that I could talk to that I could say, "Hey, what am I expecting to go through? What do I what what do I need to to do to um get past this?" And I was hurting so bad. I was reaching out to so many ladies that I had known had went through cancer um, in the past, and it was so heartbreaking because, um, of course, they got through it. Of course, they they um, they are cancer free. But am I gonna be? Am I gonna be? Am I gonna be where you are? That was so hard for me because I was looking for the exact person. That was going through the exact same thing that I was going through. Not only breast cancer, but they had it on their bone. Mm-hmm. And um, there was stage four, and they were having to have harder treatments than me. I needed that one person. But God said, in the midst of that storm that I was going through and still going through, He said, You don't need that person. Mm-hmm. Because you are that person, and you're gonna you're gonna be the one reaching those that are going through what you're going through. So I had to reexamine, you know, what I was facing, um, and realize that I had to lean more on Him. And so, um, if if you're that person that's struggling to not be able to find joy, and in the midst of the storm, in the in the bottom of the valley, in the gutter of the of the of the depths, um, reach out to God. Reach out to somebody. God is your main person to speak to, but if you need somebody physically to speak to, you need to reach out to somebody um, because that is a terrible place to be. And I know that um, I was there. I was completely there at one point when when I thought that um, I had no hope, and there is hope. Do you think when
0: Christians go through um, hard times, whether it's cancer or a divorce or anything, do you think that it's okay um, to question God, to ask why?
1: As as human as we are, um, I don't think that it's a problem to ask God why. Um, he doesn't want you to. Um, he doesn't want you to question him because he knows exactly what he's doing,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and he's never wrong. He doesn't make mistakes. Um, but it, as a as a human person that that um, has those moments where you question him and want to know why why was this person taken why was why does this person have cancer why do we go through what we go through why do you make us suffer the way we suffer it's not that is not something that we should be asking God but our human nature is going to and um i don't think there's a problem with it but i think that um god knows exactly what he's doing and he has a plan and a purpose for everything that we do everything that we go through um i feel like i've gone through this journey i feel like um there's a reason i've gone through this journey for one is to reach my dad hmm. to where he needs to be now um is he walking in a righteous path, not completely, but not all. Not we're not all doing that. Um, we do sin, um, but I'm grateful for a God that for, can uh, forgive. Um, but my journey is not over. Um, I know that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, as well, and and um, um, and that's why I'm still here.
0: Well, Miss Tanya, I will uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up, but I have one more question. Um, for the people that are listening, what is one last thing that you want to say to them? And it can be about anything. What is on your heart that you want the listeners to hear from you right now?
1: Uh, first of all, this is um, October, and it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, ladies, please, please go get your mammograms. Um, if you have any doubt in your mind, um, do that. Um, make sure you get examined. Um, it's so important. Um, had I went earlier, I probably would have avoided this situation, but, um, it's so important to get, um, a mammogram, um, every six months to a year. Um, another thing, um, if you're going through something, um, and you're discouraged, and you're depressed, and you're lonely, and you're hurting, and you're um, not where you need to be with Christ, I, I pray that um, you come to know Him as your personal Savior because going through these um, valleys like you do um, and being at your lowest point, you can't get through any situation, whether it be a loss of a loved one, um, Cancer, um, anything you can't get through without Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, Miss Tanya, thank you for your time
0: today. Um, yeah. Your your story is just so. When I when I hear hear even just bits and pieces of it, it just it just reminds me that God is so faithful and He's so sovereign, and you are a walking testimony of of that. And so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing.
1: You're welcome. I was glad to,
0: glad to be here.